Hey guys, as always, the Side Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. Don't sound so excited, Leah. I am so excited. You know <laughs> what? And I'm Leah. Hey, hey, we're recording this time zones, people. Remember that when you think about this time zones for Leah. Anyways, let's talk about this. We're actually going to do a semi, semi-relevant topic. By the time this comes out, it will still hopefully be semi-relevant because we're recording so soon. As we talked about last week, I had a thing. Now I'm back. My life's together again. Oh boy, oh boy. All right. So, again, you sound so excited to be here. I just want to throw I that am. out again. It's like, I, I'm back. Oh boy, oh boy. I'm you know what? so happy to be here today. I actually am. I don't know what's wrong with my voice, but I actually am. So judge me as you will. I, for some reason, almost just said, judge me as thou willst. Judge me as thou wilt, Jordan. Uh, I shall cut you down at dawn. Anyways, go on. It sounds much more natural when I say it than when you do. <laughs> yeah, because I was specifically going for something. You were just saying it to say it. Anyways, go. Okay. All right. So... What's been on everybody's mind recently in the terms of nerd culture? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? No, you hear didn't. What? Never mind then. Okay, so what's been going on? What have everybody been thinking about? Can you guess what we're thinking about? It's Mulan. We're thinking about Mulan. Now, <laughs> this is going great. Now, <laughs> I'm just, it's just like I'm watching the Titanic sink. <laughs> You know what? I'm having a great time. I don't care what you I'm, think. I'm just, I'm just watching the ship go down and it's like, ah, uh, a shame, ain't it? <laughs> you know what? I don't care <laughs> if I don't sound enthused. I'm actually this is, having this a great is, uh, time. This is um, side characters oh. uncut. So okay. All right. So let's do a personal disclaimer to start this. Neither of us have seen the movie and me myself i do not intend to jordan i mean i i will i don't know we're we're gonna talk about it i do not know but based on the issues with the milan and the fact that i don't watch disney movies by myself it's looking iffy right now well we're gonna have to get into that second reason at another point in time it's too late to get into that right now that's a real problem though We'll have to discuss it. Oh, no. It's not like a toxic masculinity. It's like I just can't sit down and watch the movies by myself because I need someone else to hang out with. That's, That's weird. All. Because you go to movies I'm, on your own. That's weird. Yeah, but most Anyways. of those are action or horror movies. It's like Strange. It's, it's a different thing. A Disney movie is a family experience. I am not a family. Yeah, okay. Well, but on the way to making my own personal decision of why I don't intend to see it, other than the fact I'm poor and don't have the money to pay for Disney+, Plus. On the way to making that, I read a lot about the movie, and we both did, and it's many, 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 many problems. Now, report in the field, Jordan, I'm going to turn it over to you to summarize those problems. Well, thank you very much, Leah. Um, today, I'm standing out here on the field with um, no one else around me, but I will say, so the, the issue that like we're talking there? The issue that we're talking about is like the Mulan remake, not like the original Disney Mulan, which that does have a few issues on its own. We're going to be talking about the live action remake of the Disney's Mulan. So upon the first trailer, it like reached great acclaim for the perceived inclusion and representation of Asian culture. Like it, like from what we saw was an Asian cast and um, Asian lead actress, but by some groups um, upon like the release of the trailer and release of the movie multiple articles came out and reviews came out against the movie for the same perceived representation pointing out that this was really only representation at the surface level and was much more nefarious behind the scenes so a lot of the critiques of the movie okay so yeah as jordan said like they are viewed as being catering to china 
And China is this ginormous country of over a billion potential moviegoers. And many articles have pointed out that Disney would much rather lose an entire U.S. city's worth of people and moviegoers than lose the entirety of China. And so they they tried to make a movie that fit to those things. And then also there was a ton of articles even before, like the first trailer came out, there was a ton of articles talking about how the lead actress was supporting China and not Hong Kong and like came out in support of like this subjugation of Hong Kong pretty much. Yeah, and supporting the police. Yeah, for supporting the police state. Yeah. So, what else happened, Leah? Oh, yeah. So, there's a huge thing that came out after the fact of that they sanked uh, the Xinjiang region, which they did some filming in, apparently, and, like, other stuff, which the Xinjiang semi-autonomous region is an area in western China where basically it's home to the large majority of the Muslim-predominant uh, Uyghur people, and these people have been put basically in camps that are re-education camps and there's been like mass genocide. So a lot of really not cool stuff. And did Disney need to film there? Absolutely not. There are so many other areas in China where they could have chosen to film other than that region. There's no reason that they needed to film in that region. It's like they could have filmed in the region where the story actually took place. Potentially, Yeah. Um, going to that, yeah, (laughs) going to that, um, basically the whole premise in the like catering to China thing was that they were like doing this movie under the guise of historical accuracy. So they got rid of the talking animated dragon. They got rid of the musical things. I'm still unclear whether they got rid of the haircutting scene or not, because half the articles I read said they did, and half the articles I read said they didn't. So no one, I don't, and I, as I said, haven't seen the movie, so I can't tell you that. But, like, they were like, it's going to be historical accurate. There's so much stuff. Yeah, but when you see all the comments and the criticisms, it actually turned, they didn't film it in the right location. They didn't use the right cultural background. They didn't do any of the, like, stock pieces right. Like, nothing was right. Nothing was right. Because the Mulan the Mulan tale is based up in northern China. And during one of the points in Chinese history where it was multiple states. And it's set in a very different region of China that's actually based around a cultural f- fishing. Not like northern China. And it used the completely wrong houses. houses. Like, it basically turned into this, like homogenous mass like of China that the US likes to view it as rather than the fact it has over a billion people and is huge and you can fit three mainland US's into China as a whole which I don't think people think about how big it is and it's just this like idea of basic China ignoring the fact that it has multiple distinct languages and anyways I could go on that all day but it's yeah they chose this idea of making it historically accurate as a way to be like, this is why we're not doing it this way. This is why we're not catering to other people. But in the same time, they didn't do that. So it's really just a lie. <sighs> I have many thoughts on that whole thing, especially kind of like you were highlighting where it's like, oh, well, U.S. sees China, but there's all these different states, all these different areas. So when we see, oh, historically accurate China, we see, oh, yes, it's all it's in China. So it's historically accurate China. But that's no. not absolutely not just it's kind of the same way where people see like a black person like oh africa but there's multiple different countries in africa that's there's so many different my african um background isn't the same as another person's It's, it's that same kind of idea it's also yeah it's just like that's why i say like if you go online and see the size of the u.s versus the size of china it will say they're relatively close in size if you take off alaska just mainland U.S., you can fit three mainland U.S.'s into China, thereabouts, size-wise. So, and imagine the disparity in people in that same geographical space put over that again. Like, it's, it's insane. And, well, anyways. It will be like, the same idea will be like showing a movie set in Ohio, but all the filming was done in Texas. Yeah. 
Or <laughs> that, yeah. that took you a while. <laughs> yeah, well, I, Texas isn't as distinct to me as like saying it's in like Nevada or a desert. It's like you're trying I mean, to. I you would movie. tell the difference between Texas and Ohio quite easily, just like most of the people who watched the movie who were from that area know the historical backing of Mulan saw the area in the movie and were like, "That's not right." Yeah. Well, and just like looking at the historical factor, it would have been in a different country. The China was split into multiple countries. Anyways, last thing on this, that's probably part of the reason why this whole like hom- hom- homogeneous mess happened is the that the behind the scenes of the entire movie is surprisingly white for a movie that's supposed to be about perceived making it more accurate and more representative. Like It's a lot of the same things where we're seeing where it's like, oh, we have this story about black people, but the whole thing was written by like a white man who doesn't really know any black people type thing. Yeah. Where, where it's like the guise of it being this big um, cultural Chinese thing, but it's really not. It was created by white ideas, I guess. It's a, it's based off a true story, but created by white ideas. And I don't, sense. and I don't know the writers personally at all like they could have done a lot of research they could have tried their best to produce it and then someone else down the pipeline changed everything to make it off but it also doesn't like just having that but also having a room full of white people doesn't it's it's just yeah it doesn't make up for it i'm sorry yeah not at all but anyways so we read on our way to this, we read this really, like, a friend of mine posted this really good article that started this off for us that covered basically most of the issues we just talked about. We're going to reference it today a lot. We'll have them all in the descriptions, the ones we read. Um, it's uh, from Rabble House. It's Why On-Screen Representation is Absolutely Meaningless by Artemis Lynn. And uh, we just wanted to, what we really want to talk about and focus on today is what this article brought up about how to support movies as a minority. So I'm going to read you a couple quotes from the article and then we're going to have a little chat about it. Why did I say that that way? I have no clue why I said that just that way. Just keep talking, Lee. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so first quote is, so the rallying call of the community often goes, it's not perfect, but we have to support it with our wallets or else Hollywood may not make so many movies about us so that's the first quote when they're talking about um representation in these movies and then a little while after they have a a nice long quote here that i'm going to read that uh, is their idea response to basically this idea and they say i'm sick of being caught in the crosshair of white-centered capitalism and the unethical imperialist ambitions of my mother country I don't want to sacrifice my morals just to see someone who looks like me on screen. That is why AAPI folks who crow about the importance of representation come off as myopic and worse, blissfully ignorant. Representation is ultimately meaningless without the teeth behind it. If you're just using my culture for profit and to line your pockets, then no thank you. I don't want to participate. So this is kind of what we wanted to... Um, discuss today like as you know on multiple different episodes especially I think it was representation we discuss like supporting movies you like with your wallet and the like especially if you see a movie that like represents you supporting it because a lot of times Hollywood and other people believe that these movies do not sell and so that they don't get made but at least what we've said before by supporting these movies with our wallets is how these keep movies keep getting pushed forward. And so I guess it kind of has been, especially on me, like after reading Sorrow and reading online, it's kind of been weighing on my mind quite a bit because it's like, we, we don't get a lot of um, minority representation in film and other media we don't get a lot of culturally significant um, representation in a lot of media. So the the issue is when we do get that representation, but there are some like nefarious underworkings. Do we still support it? It's it's a difficult like this is this is a real difficult question, which we may not 
come to a real answer to in this episode. I don't know, maybe that we'll have differing opinions on what the correct answer is. And I think we're just trying to prompt people to think is that like, for me, it's the idea, it's the idea that this is working within a system and how are we supposed to combat people leaking that Marvel execs still don't want to make like this was a couple years ago they said they still didn't want to make a female-led Marvel movie because they knew it wouldn't sell and that was a leak and how do we combat that by showing that yes they do sell because that's what capitalism listens to that's what the Hollywood listens to is they listen to money which okay that's playing into their camp but at the same time how do we also break that system which is what needs to happen which is we need to break the system to have it so that this idea that you can only have a certain number of diverse creators like you can only have a certain number of Jordan Peele's and other stuff and they fill those quotas for diverse actors and it's like yeah actors and writers and, uh, and directors you can only have a certain number of those working in Hollywood like that that's a lie that's a lie that's also told by capitalism and how do you confront this conundrum of both segments like fighting like having to work with capitalism work with capitalism at the same time fight it so i guess to my thought like what the whole we opened this up with like mulan and talking about um the issues like you know the things that happened behind the scenes that were kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths but really the issue goes much further than milan and it is like a continued issue like leah mentioned you have marvel emails getting leaked where they again said like it wasn't just um female-led movies they said like they didn't they were still worried about black panther they didn't want to do black panther and didn't want to do other movies because they didn't think that black people and women would come out for the movies it's at least with the whole idea of Marvel, it is a very white male driven, well, at least perceives white male driven um, film background. Sorry, film fan base. Sorry. It's a perceived yeah. white male driven fan base. And so they want to sell to white males. And they thought that a black superhero and a female superhero would not sell to white males so therefore they do not want to make it so therefore the representation doesn't happen yeah but we twice in a row very heavily proved them wrong with both black panther and captain marvel those movies both knocked it out of the park and because people came out to that is why there's a black panther 2 being made it's why we're gonna get captain marvel it's why we're getting um black widow it's why it's opened up that now these things do sell and they do sell really big. So then if, but, but my thought was, well, is if black Panther didn't break the box office, like completely explode the box office, would they keep trying? If spider verse yeah. didn't kill it, would they still keep trying? Yeah, that is a question. And the thing is, the thing is that it's hard to, unpack is that those were well done movies they were really progressive representative movies like they did a good job mostly of what of what they were trying to, they were aiming to do so you could ask like it's hard to ask but it's like what if questions of if black panther had been this like reductionist view of Africa without the representation of like showing that complex is showing a bit of like the contrast with the African-American experience with the African experience like would would we still have wanted to go see it like would that have been a question like would we have had to ask ourselves that question I don't know. It's a it's a it's a difficult thing to know. Well, I I mean I I keep sitting here and thinking like when you brought up the Mulan thing originally to me, I keep sitting here and thinking it's like what was the negative version of Black Panther that would have caused me to be like sitting here like 
oh yeah don't go see this movie because they didn't do it right like i'm trying to think like what could they have done to mess it up white saviors okay there we go (laughs) but but then i guess in my mind with that it's still not too much of the equivalent like in my mind it's like i would still go to see it because what black um main character like i still have seen a bunch of white savior movies because they're they represent black people to a point not in the best way but they do i don't know if i should talk about like where my personal feelings lie yet or if i should do that in a little bit but like we can continue to still talk about like this idea of what would have caused a different thing i think for me it with black panther as well you could have also if if you had tyler perry-esque characters if you had turned all of them into character caricatures i probably wouldn't have gone to see it true so that's and that's kind of what in a way mulan does because it's this reductionist view of china it also like completely alienates the chinese american groups it's not for them it's not for us it's for china it's for white people who want to have a view into china and then china and it didn't even do well in china which is hilarious to me but it's that's what they were aiming to do they were aiming it for white people and for chinese people white people who wanted to exotify and chinese people to get their money and I think that's the same thing that would have happened with Black Panther, too, is that you probably wouldn't have gone to see it if it made those same caricatures of the people. But it still would have sold to white people. But I, it I think. still would have sold to white And also with Mulan, I think you're leaving out an important thing is that, I mean, this is a completely different conversation, but Disney does this where they will play to your nostalgia. They played to the Mulan nostalgia, and that's why it gets pushed as hard as it does because a lot of people are like, oh, I remember Mulan. I want to go see it. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's where I think it it goes into my personal feelings on this, which is that we get into that the second half of the question for me. So I, I kind of view, I don't know if I'm saying this too soon, but I kind of view this as a sliding scale. That's how I view this is that we need to pander to the capitalist system to get in the door, but then we can't allow them to continue to support by producing racist and sexist characters. So with female-led movies, there are good, strong female leads and bad, strong female leads. And that's, I think, the distinction that gets made now is that we've had enough movies with good strong female lead characters that i do not i don't want to support a movie that has horrible that portrays women horribly even if they're the leads like that's the thing is that i i yeah i'm not i i was planning like i think i can use wonder woman as an example but i was planning on going to support wonder woman with my wallet that was that was my choice to do that that was i i was suffering from superhero fatigue and, and was only watching one superhero movie a year but i was still going to go to it anyways because it was female director and female led and i needed to show that it would make money however i also read reviews beforehand and i really do think that even though i was questioning that if I had read that they had taken Wonder Woman and had her male partner save her, like the male guy do everything and shit and like belittle her and turn her into less than the strong badass woman she is, then I don't think I would have gone because that's just as that's that's not any better, right? That's not any better. Than having at this point because we've had movies with strong female leads, so it's like at that that's where my that's for me where it changes is where it's where it's okay you've done a good job with one movie you've let in a person to make a good movie you've made one good movie or maybe two 
great. Now we have to tell you, you need to do better. But I mean, I guess like having this conversation, I'm looking at it like I'm, I'm seeing it in a very cynical light where I think what I had said early kind of does pertain to this where it's like Dis- Disney and other movie studios will give us what they know they can sell. They knew that they could sell before before their love letter to China. They knew that they could sell Mulan, this nostalgic factor. Yeah. They know that they can. So then we have the things that do end up selling like Black Panther, like Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Like we have these things that do sell. And then so we push those in the ball gets rolling and those things get made. That's what's going to represent you. And then right. you notice that people sell too. So you see the um certain actors, certain um so John Boyega, um Chadwick Boseman, certain actors of minority um get pushed too. And those are the ones that sell. That's who's going to be representing you. That's the representation that they're going to give you and it feels that's like your token. I guess, what do you say i'm like that becomes your token that be yes that becomes your token that becomes the representation that they're going to give you that becomes all it is so even i guess in my mind even if we do support things the things that we support are going to be what gets pushed for that's like so if we go out and we support Mulan, then something else of this same type of caliber will um, will be created in its place. Then we go out and we support like a Black Panther, then that's, we're going to just keep getting Black Panther. We're not going to get more representation. So I, I see it's like, I guess title-wise, well, not title-wise, but the notes title, I called it, Is It Worth It? Is it worth it to go see these representation things knowing that that's what's going to then sell and knowing that yeah we can get our foot in the door but then we're going to get shoehorned into doing specific things like jordan peele has been given so many offers to do certain movies but it's like oh remake this movie remake that movie remake this because you're of the black you are our black director that we know will always sell so you are going to do these properties that we will sell and then the representation that we want those new brilliant bright ideas that we want are going to start getting crushed and pushed down does any yeah. of what i just said make sense no that i did just go on a really long sense. rant <laughs> no that's kind of exactly what the article says too that's what the article says is that there's this false quota of who can be who's allowed in and that's the thing is that it's this quota of who's allowed in while we only can fit this many black directors in this year we can only fit this many female directors in this year what can we do then to to is it worth it to even do the initial step and for me i i agree with everything you're saying i'm agreeing that then they go and they try and push this new thing and they try and push this different idea so part of the thing that's covered in the article is that as well is that film the film industry particularly in the u.s does not have support from government bodies to fund it and so it's incredibly hard to break the system because it's strongholded by companies capitalism at its finest so you can't get into it to have these unique ideas being told in any other means and that's where you have this crux of this dual issue here of like, is it worth it to bring them in to tell these stories? I, I I personally still think that it is worth it to at least tell the few stories that we get because I'm a pessimist and I think we have to modulate, like it's unfortunate, but I think that we have to modulate what we can, t- we gotta, we have to push, we have to push for more But I think I still want to take what I can get. I will still forever be grateful for Get Out. Yeah. And all these movies that we do push out of them. These unique stories we get. I don't know what that means for the future, though. I know that the cycle you're describing is what happens. And I think we need to make more people aware of this cycle that is happening. That we're cycling through 
this thing that we're pushed that capitalism is going to try and turn out 50 more Deadpools. Like, that's the thing that happens, right? And the fact is, is that, like, you got things like Crazy Rich Asians, which Crazy Rich Asians 2 is now stuck in development hell because they tried to fuck it again. Or, like, I don't even know what's going to happen with the remake of A- Avatar The Last Airbender because now the creators have left again because of issues that we don't know about potentially relating to the casting choices again. <laughs> so, like... Um, I mean, it, those just... issues were, quote-unquote, creative differences. So, meaning the studio wanted to make it what they wanted to make it. And they're like, well, this isn't the story we want to tell. So... Yeah. It could be it... casting. It could be... But we know that, again, they're ta- it's It's this continued thing of taking someone's idea and then making it into something that will sell. Yeah. So, maybe the story of Mulan was, like, this thing that is like this cultural thing but then they turned it into what they wanted and what they knew would quote unquote sell yeah and i i agree that it's a it's a it's a stupid system that we have to try and figure out a new tactic to get around it we have to try and think of alternatives but i i don't think that means we should forsake going to the movies to support the few chances we do get when we clarify them beforehand i don't i'm not saying to go and support nilly willy i'm saying that you need to, you should go with purpose knowing that you're supporting something that at least in small ways improves what's already been put out there i think that if it's imp- i personally am a, of a slow idea that it's, it's a slow improvement is better than nothing which i know some people don't agree with and it's the cynic in me but like i think having those for the future generations to at least be able to see something is better than nothing which is why you can also bring it back to Mulan. I think Mulan, for me, meant a lot to me growing up as a woman. Like, Mulan was one of the first movies where you had, like, a woman going against her family, doing, but also, like, doing it to support, doing what was right, and, like, being a tomboy in a time where you could only be a tomboy or a girly girl. And she was being a man, doing things men were doing, and there was, like, awesome characters. And it was, yeah, it was a really good, for me, it had a really deep impact on my life that, like, her as a character was someone that I looked up to. Now, I know that there's problems with the representation in the original Mulan. I know that there's these problems, but I still think it's worth, I still think it's important that I had her as a, as a thing to look up to. Because I think that that idea of fighting for what's right and breaking the rules to fight for what's right is something that I still keep with me from the multiple means, right? So, yeah, I, I, I still think it's worth it. I don't know. Does that make any sense? No, that made, that made a ton of sense. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm still looking, like, I'm still completely torn. I'm still looking at it as this way of, like, wanting to support but knowing that no matter like what like outside of just supporting indie movies supporting the big thing to me i guess after thinking about all this is just going to get them to do like continue to do what they want have like it's more of an issue with like hollywood has more of a say than the creators i guess yeah yeah and that's for me then the question should be how how do we break that part of the system i i think i'm putting them into two separate camps at this that's why i like say it's a sliding scale how do we break that what are the solutions that we can think of that break that mold so that we can still support the things from like hollywood that are making change But, you know, I just kind of wish there was something similar to... I know the gaming industry is getting more expensive and stuff like that. But, like, I wish there was something similar to that, right? So that you could, like, have games, like, the indie games that did interesting things that made impacts and made waves. Like, like, uh, that Dragon Cancer, I think that was the name of that game, that was, like, talking about a family dealing with cancer. And it's, like... There's games that are that are, that can still break ground, 
massive amounts of ground because they're you're still able to make indie games and have them out there and have them have an impact because it's it's like books on that local level where they just spread out and become like contagious and but it's next to impossible to do that for movies so we have to think of solutions yeah and i I will say the difference between um games and movies is that a lot of these indie games are either like one dude took all of his time and money in like seven years made this game or it's like this small game developer studio got a kickstarter there's no kickstarters to make a what 20 million dollar movie no one's gonna give someone 20 million dollars on a whim and the distribution system is part of the problem too there which then it's like how do we how do we get around this what are we gonna do i think is a question it's a it's a hard question of like what do we do as an alternative and i i do think that part of the thing that we could do is invest in reinvest in the arts i think campaign like why don't we have a national endowment for filmmakers like the uk does why don't we have those same programs that a lot of europe europe countries have to sponsor films and help people make films like why is that a thing that doesn't exist it should exist i guess it's because capitalism and like i was saying earlier it's like you have the few people who do these things now like you are the black director you are the whatever you fulfill this you're the action movie director you fulfill this role no one else needs to enter that well and the fact is is that we cut we the u.s government has considered arts funding the first thing that should be cut even though it's less money than like it's such a tiny amount of money in the u.s budget but it's not as important when it is it's very important it's almost as important as stem like that's what I've talked about previously, the role of science communication. And I'm like, the amount of content we we ingest in our growth and development stages that helps us be like choose the paths we make. Like that was so I'm gonna go on a random tangent, but I think it's necessary. Um, the university I'm at, um, the department didn't put out a statement following Um, the uprisings in June following um, the death of George Floyd. And they haven't still put out any sort of statement about their relation to racism. And so people turned in a letter to the department saying, you need to put out a statement and a bunch of other things in that letter too. And then they had an open forum on it. And part of the open forum was an interesting debacle. But part of what happened in that open forum was they ended up discussing about how to recruit more students. How do we get people from more diverse backgrounds in? And most of what was said was shit and ended on the fact that one of the one of the people brought up the fact that you can't start when someone's 17 or 18 to shape where they're going to go with their life. You got to start younger. You have to start molding them from a young age. And I think that's what I'm saying here is that that one example is incredibly true. You need those examples from the young age. And that's why, like, shows and movies are so important to direct what we're doing. And and it's why we don't need to just focus on fucking supporting STEM in the U.S. system. We should be putting out all sorts of things to promote all sorts of fields. I'm sorry. I've gone on a random tangent. I hope that made sense. But, it, yeah. It did. It's fine. Okay. I guess part that I picked up from what you said was that the representation in TV movies is important for those at young age. And that's that's what I talked about on the representation episode and I've talked about in the nostalgia episode and again and again on the show. And I guess it it's it feels like this whole situation is like, well, do you support something of something that's representing you even if it's does something nefarious behind the scene or doesn't represent you well or blah 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 do you still support that in order to get your foot in the door and like i think i think it's just a vicious cycle because like you don't have anything that represents you as a kid like like i didn't have any the too much representing me as a kid i have a few like golden treasures there but not too much 
And then it's like, as an adult, I'm seeing more and more. I want to represent, it's like, I want to go support the things representing me. But then there is that point where it will start to come back around on itself. And there will be a lot of bad representation because there are those movies where it's like you said, white savior movies or like the black character specifically there to be saved by white. But we go support those because it has a black character in it. But like if we do, then we'll get more negative representation. And then the kids growing up in that era will see that they're not being represented. And so they'll push to... um, get represent more and then they'll start doing it again where it's like oh hey we have some good representation but now here's some bad and then those kids and it just feels like it's going to be a continuous cycle to me and i guess when i read this article i read it i, I see it's like yes support like supporting the representation is good but there's going to be that like negative side of it and i guess like yeah one thing we can do is look into things and like read articles if we're unsure and then go into it with the critical minds like should i do this well articles and things that i've read about it said it wasn't good so maybe i shouldn't do this but then i still feel like not supporting these things is going to have that negative effect of it goes away because oh well now we see that these movies don't actually sell we were right all along so let's go back to making white man action movies yeah that is the only thing that i i i think is where i get stuck at is how do we how much how far established do we need to have now that we have movies to be able to 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 be selective to be allowed to be selective to be allowed to be inclusive and to but to still have the power to say no we're not going to support this representation that is a question of like will i guess i have a question with this like are we allowed to be selective in with the way that things are going are we allowed to be selective and then Does being selective hurt us? I personally think that people turn, like, at this point, using using Wonder Woman, using Black Panther, and using Into the Spider-Verse as examples, that people showed up enough that Hollywood knows that as a phenomenon, this exists, that the draw is there, that it can happen. And it will happen. I think the same thing also happened with hidden figures. That when you do it decent, there is an explosion in popularity that happens. And so I do think that means that that will not get repeated. Like in the same Crazy Rich Asians too. Crazy Rich Asians is the best one because it had, it took a dead genre, revitalized it using a primarily Asian cast Asian behind the scenes, Asian soundtrack, so so much, so much. And it had the numbers to back it up. So in reality, I think that I'm trying to say is that if those numbers existed, it means it can happen again. So if we, in coordination, are selective and say, no, we're not going to, you should not go and see this because this is not right. And do not turn out in those same numbers then they're not going to stop making them because they know that it can happen again. It did happen. I would like to think that. That's what I would like to think, is that the numbers, they know that by focus groups and everything, that then they can produce those numbers, that they care about those numbers, and so they're going to want to recreate that number again. And if they don't do it right, then, they need to sh- then they're going to shift over and try and find another way to produce those numbers. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I but I, I guess that I mean I feel like I'm just gonna start sounding like a broken record at one point. But I guess in my mind I also see it in terms of trends. And so like when when Deadpool was released, the trend that started happening was we need to have super violent, gritty superhero movies. So soon after Deadpool was um what's it called? was logan the wolverine movie which was intensely violent and had like a lot of like wolverine said the f word a lot um like he 
decapitated people. There was a lot of violence in that. And then after, like, we get more, like, gritty superhero movies, more gritty action movies after that. Because Deadpool was a very low budget for what it was, but sold so big. So the trend was, oh, this is what people like, so we're going up. And I guess I see it also in the point of trends where it's like now these minority movies are selling well so we can do a black panther that's gonna sell the country wants to see black people so those will sell let's start doing that and i guess in the mind of trends if the people can't see what i'm doing but i am doing like motions for like the exponential growth graphs but like if the um top of the the point of the graph starts going down then we're gonna start seeing less and less of that representation yeah i see what you're saying and it- like, like I, I, I feel like to me, in my mind right now, the way I'm thinking about it, and like I said, maybe we won't get to an answer on this, but in my mind, I see it like a fire. And the only way to keep the fire lit is to keep feeding the fire. But here's the thing that I would like to use as a, as a, as a rebuttal to that. So in, in the 90s, at, so in how feminism has been going it's been it's been generally improving for the female position it has been improving for throughout history particularly in the last 50 60 70 years the females female position has been um improving and so much so that in the 90s there was an explosion of female-led strong female leads in tv dramas there was an explosion of them from like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charmed, a bunch of them. There's so many of them. Strong female leads. Why did I say Charmed? That's like the worst one to pick. Anyways, Charmed. but uh, no, no. Go <laughs> Anyways. on. No one heard me. Go on. So con- continuing, it, it led basically into the 2000s where strong female leads disappeared completely they were basically gone they stopped making them they were not in things anymore and you could say then that it became a trend because now strong female leads are back i would like to say though that it potentially maybe isn't a trend that it's them realizing that oh, maybe they didn't do as well without them and reintroducing them as being like, oh, yeah, right, these do sell. These do do well. Like, they are good. And that they'll continue to keep making them rather than throwing them out of rotation. That it's, this in this case, I would like to think that this is them realizing, oh, right, this is something that sells. And it went away for a bit, but now I think it maybe is here to stay. That's what I would like to think is that rather than saying that it's a trend, that it's actually that it went down for a bit, they lost that audience and now have realized again that that is an audience that they can capture and are starting to cater to again. I, yeah, I I see what you're saying. So like, I'm an engineer, so I have to say this, but I see what you're saying. In my mind, the way that you described, it's more like a sine wave than just a bell curve. Or you could just say that it's a it's a it's a trend it's an upward trend with slight depressions and peaks. Oh, so it's like um, the uh, stock market. Or like population growth. Like, why you gotta say stock market? Let's talk population dynamics. Anyways, because we were talking about capitalism, so why not stock market? Because I think in population dynamics. Because I study because I population think money. dynamics. That's why um, you guys can check out our Patreon. The first level is $5 million if you want to be a part of this. Yeah. But no, I think that in this case, it's not like we stopped having women in movies. We yeah, did but... not go back to Lawrence of Arabia standards of no women. Yeah. There still are women. And so that's why I would like to hope, would like to hope, that it was a matter of them, it was a matter of the, the state of the U.S., like other external factors causing this depression in the number of female-led dramas. But now there have been an even explosion more telling much different stories, not telling just strong female la- leads who are actually men masquerading as women. You know what I'm saying? They're people, the, the Miss Pac-Man version. 
Oh, uh, I thought you meant like actual female, like actresses. No. Like, Wait a second, what? No, I'm talking about the idea that to yeah, be a yeah, strong female lead, the, you're, um, you're just a man who's, trope. yeah, you're just a man as a woman, can't do any of the woman things. Anyways, so now we have a bunch more like really unique, improved versions. That's what I would like to think. And I know I just said I was a cynic and that's me being like slightly optimistic. But I think that's holds. I think I would like to hope that that holds true here. At least because I keep comparing this to black representation because that's the one that like hits home for me. Like it's gotten better and it is continuing to get better. I am scared for like the type the what's happening with the Jordan Peele where they're just like giving him properties that already existed and telling him to remake it. But I think that's more of the trend of everything needs to be remade rather than the trend of um, trending down black actors. But that's so that's a completely different conversation, which we should totally do an episode on. Um, I also do agree entirely that this whole idea of the quota of diverse people allowed to be in movies and stuff is a problem and we need to know how to fix that. What I was mainly using that as an example as to why you can be selective now in the representations of people you can choose. Like for this episode, I do not think we're going to find like a solution for um what you just mentioned, which I can't remember how to state it. But the the um I guess pigeonholing um people into f- fulfilling certain roles. Yeah. I, d- I don't quotas? think we'll be able to find a solution. Quotas. Racial quotas. quotas. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. The the you, ha- you are the black director, so now we're going to milk you dry because you are a black man in black. God, like black it man. just makes me it just makes me think of Viola Davis. And I can't even remember which which time she was talking about that and how she's like the only I think it was Viola Davis who said it. She was she was just like went off in a great way on like yeah, how yeah, she's the only yeah and just uh makes it makes me so happy to think about that and that's needs to be said and it's it, this is gonna yeah tokenism and pigeonholing in this way is just it's it's a frustrating issue that i would like to have come up with solutions it's very hard to do so though but i do think we can be selective and be active potentially in how we motivate people to go and see things so form petitions and potentially boycotting a film is the right option and or actively recruiting people to go and see other films instead to support indie films i don't know i don't know what's the right option but in this day and age with coronavirus and how things are changing to online I don't think you need to pay 30 goddamn dollars to support Mulan. I think there are other options we can develop online to support independent filmmakers and potentially come up with a new system that maybe will do something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm creative enough to be that person to come up with those solutions. But I do think we're in, we have seen significant change in the past six, seven months that is for good like the amount of people who are now accepting of more casual dress codes because of because of working from home and the amount of people who are more okay with uh dyed hair and tattoos and other things like that because we're working from home and it doesn't fucking matter like i think that we can come up with an alternative system maybe that people if they think on it like there's there's maybe some other things that can be done if Hollywood has to make low budget things on Zoom, like staged, like, you know, which stage is actually excellent, by the way, everyone. Um, if you have, if we're all making filming stuff from home and we're still watching, like, all these Hollywood actors recreating things from home, why can't we do something like that? Like, if it's lower, like, this is the time, right? Yeah. And I was, I was just going to make the joke is like, we should make every indie movie a cult classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just watch it till it's just watch it be like this is how you do it hollywood and then yeah force our way in that way do you have any other ideas i think i'm at a good stopping like in my mind stopping point you give me some more stuff to think about on this whole issue and then we'll probably be talking about this more as we go on so unless you have anything else i'm 
good for right now. I think, yeah, I think that's good. I would like to say to everybody that, yeah, we're mainly just provoking thought here. Um, while I'm decently stable in like how I evaluate films, maybe think about how you evaluate films, like what for you is necessary versus isn't necessary. What do you, when do you support with your wallet? When do you not? Um, and think about potential ideas. And if you have something to say, you can also email us. That's a thing that exists. We have an email. You can talk to us. The side characters pod at gmail.com. I will also be posting that in the um, episode description. It will be at the top this time so you can see it easier. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's, that's it for me and Mulan. And we do apologize that we're not like talking about the movie itself. That's not, that's not really what I want to do because I don't really want to spend my money on it. But yeah, I mean, and plus, if you want to hear like a more detailed talk about the movie specifically, there are we will be posting the articles that we read. There are tons of places to go hear about it, but we wanted to more focus on the issue of representation rather than just rehashing what everybody else has already said. Yeah, and from what it seems in those articles, uh, as an archaeologist, I can confirm that yes, the tale of Mulan is based in Northern Wei, China. So the stuff that's in those articles is decently historically accurate. So that's what you wanted. If you wanted an archaeological perspective on it, there you go. There you go. I was going to do the cough in nerd thing that I usually do when you do that, but I think that doesn't even warrant it. I think that's like way beyond the cough nerd. I, you know what? You know what? We don't judge people for their intellect here. Yes, we don't. I do. I'm kidding. Everything's good. So that has been the kind of side characters, just bonus fireside chat. Um, we shall like follow up with more stuff later and have, you know, an actual episode about this kind of stuff in the future. But thank y'all for listening. Wait, are we going to, I wanted to do a little finish up. I actually have things. Okay. Crap. I have, I have things. Yeah. Yeah, suck it. I have things. I also wanted to share. I found a resource that I don't know if it will fit in any episode in the future. So I wanted to share it now. I found a website. It's called Rotten Apples. It's, uh, it's I believe, I'll put it in the comments. It's a website that will tell you if anybody working on a movie has been accused of sexual assault or sexual harassment. Oh. Or any sort of sexual misconduct. So that's a good that's a good website to have around if you uh that's whatever. Anyways, um what have you been consuming this week, Jordan? You just said you have a thing. I hope your thing isn't just looking at that website and just seething. No, I have actual things. Okay, so you should go first. Oh well then. So I have I as part of my pilot um deleted a lot of shit off my phone. And only had webcomics on my phone, basically. Um, So I read a lot of webcomics. And one, first thing, why the fuck are all the romance webcomics and webtoons about goddamn empresses and duchesses? I've noticed that. it's I don't understand. I have no clue. I I question. I question this a lot. Um, But the one thing, let me pull it up. I have this in my notes. I wrote it down. <laughs> okay, so there's several series that I read that I really liked and really enjoyed um, that I think people should check out um, that have interesting storylines. The first is a completed series. I believe it's on Tapas. Let me double check that for everyone. I mean, I, I miss World Shop because usually in these silences, I'm allowed to sing, but this isn't World Shop, so I won't sing. When I wake up, you know I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the bear that wakes up next to you. Okay, well, it's obviously on there, but why isn't it showing up? And I would walk Okay, I found it. Damn it. Sorry. So there's a series I have... Should I do all three? I'll just do two today. How about do whatever that? you want, man. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do two. Um, so there's a series that's completed called Descent. 
and it's um it's a a world where magic users are persecuted or it's in a kingdom where magic users are persecuted and there's um this wizard character uh cursed prince needs a witch to help him free from enchantment and then like kind of like love blossoms between them uh descent is a bl fantasy webcomic featuring a poc demi pan witch and a prince who favors men and a supporting range of lgbt plus q plus and diverse characters like i read that straight from the thing but it does. We, it's got we, a beautiful we could, we could art, tell, art style. We could tell. It's, it's got a beautiful art style. It's great. Highly recommend that as well. Similar kind of vein. There's this. It's on um, webtoons called Airs Game, which is where there's like a competition, a dueling competition for uh, to become the king's bodyguard and or the prince's the prince's bodyguard, and it's. Um, Got a lot of range of LGBT plus storylines. Very cute. Very, very interesting. Good time. Good time. Had by all. Yeah. Okay. Really good. Check them out. Nice. Interesting art styles. Really interesting plot lines. Descent is really cool. I, will, I really like the art style on that one. And it's done. So who doesn't love a web series that's done? I mean, I hate... I hate completed series. Like, I always look for ones that have been going for at least 10 years. Oh, my God. Your silence there was absolutely golden. You should keep in that silence for how long it was. How long it took me to make up the joke? (laughs) Because it wasn't as long as you think it was. I I mean, also, no, I'm not going to keep in the silence. I am a professional. I was about to say I'm a professional. I'm not a professional. But I am (laughs) good at what I do. Says the amateur. <laughs> we're, we're getting into twitching territory, and I was like so close to just saying "f you," but I'm like, yeah. So yeah my dad started okay. listening to this. So I gotta be more PC. <laughs> Are we PC? I don't know. Um, but so my thing because I get to talk too. Yeah. So you do. okay, actually, the reason why I didn't want to do one was because one of my things could potentially be contentious. So I'll mention it anyways and just say that it's something I have been enjoying and I am reading articles about it to see how it does representation wise. And one of the articles I read was completely scathing, but like I disagree with a lot of the points and a lot of like people who are of the um, race and nationality, whatever, um, disagree with this person as well. But I've been playing the game Ghost of Tsushima, which is... A open world RPG game set in like late 1200s China, not China. Wow, hold on. Sorry, my brain, wow. because we were talking about Mulan, my brain's been, it's set in late 1200s Japan um, mm-hmm. during the Mongol invasion of Tsushima Island. So it's, it's, to me, I think it does a good job of like representing the Japanese culture, but I don't. No, and that's why I wanted to look up things first and read about it before I like go and state. But I have been enjoying the game. The gameplay itself is really cool. Story is like eh, the story is here and there for me. It's like it's typical samurai story, but I I like what they've done with it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely serene, and I I, I have been enjoying it quite a bit. And then also my other thing, just in case someone wants to yell at me about Ghost of Tsushima, my other thing is I've been um, watching the anime Ergo Proxy, which is a 2006 cyberpunk anime, kind of in the same vein of Ghost in the Shell. It gives me a lot of Ghost in the Shell feels with the same um, kind of some of the same themes and some of the same um, like aesthetics so i've been enjoying it um strong female lead pretty cool and also decently conservatively drawn like not like boobs flying everywhere and there's not too much of the butt shots and stuff like that in it and i just i think they do a very good job of creating this kind of like cyberpunk fantasy story and just good ambiance good character building throughout and I, i've been enjoying the crap out of it so four episodes left. Nice. anyways those are my Ghost, is, 
Ghost what? of Tsushima. I, I really feel like I need to play Ghost of Tsushima as someone who studies Japanese. Well, good luck. And archaeology. It's not going to happen. because I, don't I say good luck because you don't have a PlayStation. I know. I at least, I should probably just watch an extensive playthrough. But yeah. Yeah, I, I would actually, because you are like way more well-versed in Japanese. I only have like the um, American media version of Japanese culture in me. And like this um, one class I History. took in college. So I don't know as much i would like to see your opinion on it if you ever got i think i would say though that you would want to the problem is is that you would want to divide between japanese culture and japanese history in this case yes because what you're when you say japanese culture oh yeah it's more of a historical thing but anyways well it's that when you it's putting that uh western it a lot of people do this it's that western spin of um, assuming that culture is static throughout time. It's yeah. a it's a well, thing that Westerners do. Can I close yeah. that now? Yes. Okay, this has been the Psy Characters Podcast. Um, you can check us out on Twitch. We'll we'll get an actual schedule out now. The end of the year is always extremely busy for me, but we do stream on the weekends and I will um be making a Twitter and tweeting when we are going live. You can also um email us of Email us if you have any questions or want to continue the conversation or ask us about like stuff or you um, give your own personal background or stories. Just send anything you want to the um, email except for death threats. Thank you. That's all I got. (laughs) Oh, so on the streaming on the streaming front, you you should definitely check us out because after the whole like running joke of the iron bowl and these this lovely podcast that everybody knows about jordan is now romancing the iron bull on dragon age so that's why you should stop by re- on the regular because he's gonna get he's gonna be riding the bull <laughs> goodbye guys thank you for listening we'll talk to you on the flip side bye bye why did you say that oh shoot that's world shop thank you yeah no we gotta goodbye, guys that. we'll catch you later bye <laughs> Bye!